The message this morning will come from the lead team, but I just want to make a couple introductory comments as we move towards that. I want to tell you how much I appreciate the privilege I've had to serve here at Roseville Covenant Church for a good period of time. And I just want to thank you. I thank you for the privilege to be able to continue and serve until the year is up. And it's a privilege. It's a privilege to serve in the life of the church. I don't have any particular entitlement to be the pastor here at Roseville Covenant. It's at the behest of the leadership, and it's a privilege. And I'm thankful for the leadership that's here. I'm very appreciative for the lead team, who they are and and how they lead. Thank you for the staff as they provide leadership here at Roseville Covenant. And folks, I have great confidence for what God's going to do in the future of this place. The reality is that pastors come and pastors go. But in the midst of all that, we recognize that God's Holy Spirit is at work in the life of this church continually. And it's the confidence that we place in Him that really matters. Also, the continuation of the church and its dynamic and its, its reach and its mission is also embodied by the people. And I have great confidence in you folks as you navigate the next chapter in the life of this church. And the transitional periods, as Doug prayed for our lead team. And I have certainly have confidence in them as they lead that transition. I like the description that's in these two passages that were read about leadership. I think it defines leadership for us. And some of us are involved in direct leadership, but in one way or not, we all are involved in leadership in some capacity. But I like the the words of the great Apostle Peter as we will navigate through his writings at the end of the year. As he talks about shepherding God's flock, I like the imagery that's there. The imagery of a shepherd that cares deeply for the sheep. And we're eager to serve, not out of some sort of compulsion, but out of a deep desire to serve. And one of the most important characteristics is that we don't lord over people. I think when leadership decides to lord over people, we find that there's much, much harm that occurs. And I love the passage from David as he writes about the importance of integrity in leadership. The importance of integrity, but the importance of skill. As we select leaders in the the church in terms of leadership, we keep three things in mind. The first and foremost is character, integrity of character. That is number one, and that's the most important. We also look at chemistry, how well do people work together, because working together is critically important in the church. And then, of course, what skill is brought to the table? What kind of competencies are brought that can can enhance the group in the life of the church? So I think the Scripture gives us wonderful definitions of the, the character, the quality, the spirit by which we lead. This rest of this year, I want you to understand that we're in no holding pattern. We're not in a holding pattern, just kind of waiting for the transition in the next person. We're definitely moving forward. And during this period of time, we want to focus on our mission, wholehearted followers of Jesus, people coming to Christ, not only coming to Christ, but growing in Christ. I think it's a marvelous statement, wholehearted, out of a sincere heart, a genuine heart. It's not about religious behavior. It's about serving Christ with a genuine heart. We want our intergenerational identity as a Christian community on a mission to be enhanced in the months ahead. And we pray for a smooth transition. We want to focus in this period of time, these months ahead for this year, on the intergenerational dynamics. I think it's so important that we understand intergenerational dynamics in the life of the church. We also want us to be people of generous hearts and generous giving. 
We give in stewardship out of a genuine, genuine heart that's been touched by God, and that leads to generosity. That makes the dynamic of giving exciting when the spirit and heart is there. And we want to be involved in developing next generation of leadership, which is critically important in the life of the church. Change will occur. Change will come. But we want to develop next generation of leaders. And so as we move through this months ahead until the end of the year, let's recognize we're in no holding pattern. We want to move forward in the life of the church. And then what will unfold after that as God leads us in leadership. I say at the end, pray, pray, pray. And that's not an addendum at the end. Sometimes we throw it at the end, let's just pray. No, that's a centerpiece of it all. As we think about the life of this church, as we think about going forward, I encourage you to be deeply in prayer that God will move us in a direction that honors him. With that, I will call up, I think you, Colleen, right? Is that next? It is. It's yours. Well, I'm going to invite the first group of our lead team up front. We have a stool ready for you. And we wanted to, um, there's eight people um, on our lead team, and so they're in two groups this morning, and so we're just going to jump right in today, and we have a couple questions that we've been talking about with them, and they've been reflecting on, and uh, just wanted to give you an opportunity to hear from them a little bit more. Um, We're just grateful for your leadership, and we're just going to jump in right here. So I wanted um, you guys to start by sharing a little bit more about what your role on the lead team is. Um, Sometimes we have formal roles. Sometimes we have informal roles. And so share a little bit about your role on the lead team. Well, for everybody that doesn't know me, I'm Steve Matheson, and I've been on the lead team for a little over almost two years. And um, I guess my role initially was to be the financial officer for the church, and I think everybody kind of recognizes that. I've had a few financial forums over the last couple years, and um, I guess I was led to be on the lead team basically because that's one of my skills. Um, That's what I do for profession. I've been doing it for 25 plus years, um, working in the finance community, and um, I feel that God kind of called me, even though I was approached to it, but um, to be on the lead team, but uh, I think you know, with my skill set that I had, I felt that I could really, you know, help the church out in terms of moving us forward in a financial sense. Um, been obviously lots of challenges, but um, challenges are actually kind of fun. So, <laughs> um, kind of in a strange way, but um, so I guess that's that's kind of my role. And, and recently, I've kind of taken a step back from the financial role um, and actually handed over the, the reins to Ingrid and um, who's doing a tremendous job um, just out of the gate. And uh, so now I'm back into more of a um, kind of a selected person on the, on the lead team to kind of help the whole team kind of come together. I'll, I'll still always kind of have that financial sense. Um, I always have that in the back of my mind and um, always have that spin. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with, with uh, why I'm on the lead team. Uh, my name is Ingrid Noble, um, as Steve mentioned, and I've been, this is my second year on the lead team, and I started out just as a, a general member um, of the lead team, and have had the privilege of um, being on the search committee for Pastor Alicia, and also representing the church um, at, the la- at last year's annual meeting of the um, Evangelical Covenant Church. 
And then as Steve mentioned, um, just about a month ago, um, I start, started um, as the financial officer of the church, and that um, so far I've, I'm learning a lot, and um, that's not my, my background. I'm actually a graphic designer, um, but I've always been really kind of geeky about numbers, actually. Um, so um, it's been enjoyable to learn. And um, so far, um, it involves kind of um, coordinating with Austin for um, the monthly financial report and then um, bringing that to the, the larger uh, lead team. And then also creating the proposed um, budget for next year. That's um, kind of what we're working on right now. And if you want to learn more about that, you can come to our budget forum and then also the congregational meeting later in May. Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Kalaki. I've been on the lead team for a couple of years, and then just recently, um, as we had a transition of leadership and the, uh, the time for elections came, they saw fit to elect me to be secretary of the lead team. Um, so I get to, uh, to record and preserve the minutes of the lead team meetings and also official uh, church business meetings. And um, so I'm usually uh, pecking away at my laptop if we're deep in discussion. Um, and then as far as kind of my philosophy about leadership and being on the lead team, uh, for a long time I believe that leadership is a form of service, and I feel uh, you know, called to serve in this way, to serve uh, the Lord and, and this community on the lead team. And so I'd encourage you, if you have any words of encouragement, questions, or ideas, to share them with me or, or anyone else you see up here about our direction, certainly as we go through uh, a change to the next chapter in the life of this church. And I'm Paul Hartmark. I'm one of two co-chairs of the lead team, and I am currently in my fifth year on uh, the lead team. Um, I have been in a co-chair position, first of all, with Cheryl Kometz for three years and currently with Bobby uh, Erickson. And um, the role of co-chair is simply to kind of lead the lead team in our meetings. Uh, we meet with Pastor Mark, uh, the lead pastor, in setting the agenda for our lead team meetings, uh, run the meetings, um, kind of uh, seek to arrive at consensus on various uh, issues and decisions. And uh, we um, often will be in communication with our lead team members about uh, pertinent information that is uh, needing to be communicated. We also will help lead the, the uh, annual meeting in February and, um, and provide a report about uh, kind of the oversight of, of the administrative uh, functions um, of the church uh, for that report. Um, I wouldn't say that I was a, you know, an Isaiah, here am I, send me, uh, when it came to uh, coming onto the lead team, but more of a Moses, you know, Kind of reluctantly, but um, I think um, God is a way of showing us he wants us to be different places at different times in life. And uh, I think that's what he was showing me, that somehow uh, this is a role for me that uh, people have confidence in me to do. And uh, I ha have accepted that and, and uh, am looking forward to uh, the next chapter as we move forward. Great. 
And Paul, I'm going to ask you to hang on to that mic and just start us with our next question, which is really a more personal one. Um, we wanted the lead team to be um, able to share just kind of what, what God has been doing in your life lately. What is he teaching you? What is he challenging you with? So just speak on a more personal level. What are you noticing going on in your own life? Yeah, it's a, it's a strange thing. As I get older, I know that um, this is not new to anybody who lives for any length of time. But there are certain, certainly seasons in life, and this is a season in life for me that um, we, Martina and I, are noticing different changes in relationships. Our kids are now adults, and uh, they have different needs. They have different um, uh, focus uh, than, than perhaps when they were younger kids and needed more of our attention. Uh, my mom is just recently moved into a senior uh, apartment uh, in a com community, um, and uh, finding uh, that it's a challenge, uh, challenge to me and to us to be parents to my parent, kind of a, a, a role reversal of sorts, and the challenges that that provides. Um, and so that's what's going on with me personally, and 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 I I would liken that to changes in our church body, you know that. We do also go through seasons of change and seasons of, of uh, comings and goings, and we've had a lot of those here at Roseville over the last uh, several years. And so um, uh, Ecclesiastes 3 talks about there is a time and a season for every purpose under heaven. Um, and so uh, I uh, recognize that, that we are not the same that we were five years ago, ten years ago. But that's okay, because I believe that personally and as a church body, we can rely on the one who never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Um, um, a verse that I, has come to me frequently uh, is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And so both on a personal basis and for this church, I I. I believe in that very firmly. So um, I got a chance to speak on this question a couple weeks ago in service when I was in the chair over there uh, talking about what God is, is working um, on in my life. And uh, the, the theme that I came up with at that point is patience, perseverance, and perspective. And I feel like I'm kind of going through a bit of uh, a personal enlightenment of my own right now, learning new things about my own um, uh, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health and challenges, and um, seeing how God can do things that I, I can't and that I can't even um, you know, think of for my own, uh, in my own way. Um, one example of this is that um, you know, I, I'm, I think he's teaching me about perspective because there was a, an opportunity that I had uh, long dreamed of and considered to be kind of one of my life dreams and pursued. And it's uh, something that, that takes months to, to go after and apply for and try and get. And I was not successful. It didn't work out for me. And that was okay. I had a moment with God to say, okay, well, my, I thought this was the plan, but I guess this is not the plan. Um, and then on Good Friday, I get uh, a message inviting me to uh, reconsider the opportunity and uh, had to throw things together in two hours that normally take months and leaned on some resources that I 
I had available, but were not things that I, if I had had, you know, a month to prepare, would not have been what I sent. And so I had to send things saying, this is what I have, and we'll see if it's good enough. Uh, and I don't know where the, the whole story is going, but it is progressing rapidly and going down the path further than I made it last time. So I think God is teaching me that you, you might have to abandon your dream for me to give you your dream in my own way. So we'll see what happens, and whatever it is, it's in his hands. Um, I would say something God is teaching me, um, and I'm learning as a lifelong lesson, is trust. About uh, two years ago, a business colleague and I had the opportunity to start our own business. And God has blessed that in just amazing ways. Um, but there's a lot of moving pieces, really a lot of moving pieces, and um, even, even how it affects how I can be um, with my family. And so I've just had to learn to um, trust God in that, and that he will provide. Um, and even in um, kind of a legal issue we faced this spring, he um, has shown himself to be faithful. And then um, something else um, that I'm learning uh, together with my family is just how amazing God's grace and um, forgiveness is in life. I think, um, as the Apostle Paul says, sometimes the things that we don't want to do are what we end up doing. <laughs> and I can definitely say that as a parent. Sometimes the way that I react is exactly the way I don't want to react. But um, his grace um, covers that, and his mercies are new every morning. Um, and my family has just shown me that. And then Colleen um, challenged us to um, say something that God is uh, teaching us, but maybe we're not um, quite learning yet. And um, that would be <laughs> um, to take a Sabbath rest. I've just been reminded um, in a couple different ways lately that that's so important um, for, for us. Um, and um, was reminded of the verse in um, Psalm 23 where it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And I always thought of that as like, oh, God will, you know, he provides a place for us to rest. Um, but it was presented in the context of, no, he makes you lie down. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm working on that. <laughs> I guess um, one of the things that uh, God has kind of moving me in my life is, similar to a lot of these folks up here, is um, patience and trust and the ability to give up control. Um, one of the things that I learned um, going through this, this last fall, Karen Johnson came into the lead team meetings and talked about the Enneagram process. I don't know if everybody knows about that, but um, it was a pretty enlightening thing um, to be able to go through and take this kind of survey type quiz thing to find out kind of where your personality traits are at. And I always thought I knew myself pretty well. Um, and, and it kind of came out to be, you know, the results were pretty much what I thought. Um, that uh, I'm a little bit of a person that does things a certain way. And um, I view the world in my world as this is the only way. And, um, and he's teaching me that, you know, Steve, you have to give up control. And um, there are lots of different ways to do things. And, um, and I guess one of the things that um, recently, you know, I... I did mention earlier that um, I stepped away from the financial officer position, and um, that's a little bit of a control thing for me, too, because 
something I really enjoy doing. Um, I've had some minor back issues and, um, and it caused me to kind of take a step back and, uh, and give up that control. And, um, and I still kind of struggle with that um, because I, like I said, I really enjoy doing the financial side of things. Um, but uh, it, he's teaching me that um, there are other people that can step in and do those things um, and do a very, very good job. And, um, and it's just teaching me to be very patient. And, um, and it's, it's, it's a work in progress. And um, it's something that I will always you know, keep in the back of my mind that I need to be patient and, and trust in him um, that he, he, he knows the, the, the right path for me. Um, so that's kind of how I'm growing. Great. And we, we know that in leadership, some of it's skill, but a lot of it's just who you are as people. And so I'm so glad we can take time on that question because I think that part of leading a church well is being able to stay connected with God and listen to him and kind of take a step back from just the weekly um, and the daily of church life, but really get that balcony level view of what's going on in our church community. And that's just so much of the gift of what you provide to our church family. One more question, and I'm going to ask you to be like two sentences because there's another group. So I'm going to limit you a little bit. But here was the question. We asked them just what are they seeing down the road for Roseville Covenant? What are we uniquely positioned for as a church community? And so I know you've given a lot of thought to that. And so maybe this is an opportunity for people to ask you a little afterwards, maybe a little bit more of the story, but just give us a snapshot of what um, you see as um, the strength of Roseville Covenant moving forward. I think um, I'll try to limit it to two sentences. Um, A time for reflection and a a time for us as a congregation and us as individuals to grow. Um, A time for us to define who we are and, and or help us to define who we are and who, where we want to go. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, to be brief, I'll refer to my notes. Um, I think we're uniquely positioned to care for and minister to people of all ages, to invite others to experience what it means to know Jesus, to use our building as an asset for ministry, and we're uniquely positioned for transition. The way I see Roseville Covenant is that this is a place that is positioned to, um, to be intergenerational and welcoming and genuine to all. And I think that we are in a position to move forward to unite and excite about the gospel. It was referenced earlier about Easter Sunday and the high, the, 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 uh, the high point of Easter. And not only that message, but our church body here, too. It was so cool to sit back here and watch leadership of all sorts of people lead us in worship and lead us in various ways. And I think that's a strength of our core here, and that's something that we're, we're going to build on. Will you just pray with me? God, I just thank you for each of these leaders um, in front of us now, and I pray that in a special way you would continue to draw them close to who you are. Um, would you um, place on them um, the the continued sense of your Holy Spirit walking with us as a church and give them a sensitivity to listen and respond? In your precious name we pray. Amen. Well, I get the privilege of leading the second panel. So uh, second half of our lead team, if you would come and join me up here.
You ready? You're so excited. I can tell. I can see it. Getting up, getting up front is hard, and so I just want to acknowledge that not everyone loves to be up front, so thank you all for being up front. Um, and so we're going to just kick it off. If you will uh, introduce yourself and briefly, um, just like the first group, say what your role is on the lead team if you have one or if you see yourself as a specific role. What is that? Hey, uh, I'm John Holder, and I just retired as the secretary. Uh, so I'm now in a season that's special for the lead team. Uh, I get to listen closely and uh, add to the meeting. So I thank Sean for taking over the secretary role. Uh, so the last three years, that's what I was doing. Um, I'm now in my second um, uh, term, uh, which is three years. And um, so that is, that's my role. My name is Wendy McDonald. I am the newbie. I have no official role. My unofficial role seems to be to ask all those stupid questions of, what is this about, or why are we doing this? So, so far, that's what I have been doing. I'm Bobby Erickson, and um, I am in my second year on the lead team. And um, when I was asked to be on the lead team, I was like, well, I don't know. I kind of shied away from church leadership for a number of reasons, and <clears throat> they, it was easy. I could say no because they met on a night that I couldn't come. And then it turned out that maybe that night wasn't sacred to them, <laughs> so they changed it. Um, so I didn't have an excuse. Um, so I'm here. Um, I am one of the co-chairs, and I'm just learning that because I've only had one meeting as a co-chair. Um, but um, I'm sure that I'll learn a lot um, in this year. Um, when we were asked to do this, I asked um, Austin, say, what, can you remind me about that lead team job description? So here's the lead team job description. Um, if you have questions that we didn't answer, let me know. Um, but um, one of the things that we are to do is to look for ways for many of you to be involved in ministry. And that's um, something that I would like to do a little bit more of this year. So I'm going to be looking at a lot of you who maybe uh, want to be involved in ministry. Hi, I'm Mick Lindberg, and I'm the vice chair of the lead team. And, and while that may be a fancy title, um, really what that boils down to is actually another title. So I guess I'm the man of many titles on the team, and that is the mutual ministry uh, chair. And the main role for that is taking care of the pastoral staff. And so whether it be Alicia or Colleen or Hadi or Mark or others on the team, getting a chance to meet with them. And I actually have a, a team of others that we meet with them. And if I look at we're kind of the pastors to the pastors at times, or just years to nod and, and, and say yes at other times. And so that's, a, that's our main role, and, and uh, it's quite fun. Thanks all for sharing that. What I'm hearing, Bobby, is that if I have ministry needs, that I should just funnel them through you, and you'll find people to fit them. I love this. This is great. Uh, if you guys would each share, um, kind of like the first group, what is God teaching you in this season? What, is, what are you learning with God right now? Sure. I have the mic, so I'll keep going. Uh, so I think I'll use the word, I'll use quotes, adulting. And so there's a couple of different reasons of that. And, and while I've been practicing adulting for quite some time now, uh, there's different seasons. I've been in a new season of adulting, whether it be the two boys that are under three that are running around the church. And, and when you see my wife coming up to, to sing, you hear the, uh, the oldest Jonathan going, Mommy! And so trying to take care of that um, all while 
the other one's trying to. So just different moments like that um, and trying to uh, maintain sanity and fun um, with that. And I think the other uh, side of adulting has come, in, come into play this last year is trying to be a parent to the parents, which is a, is a whole new, new realm to me and um, and just having different parents and, and other family members that are having health issues and having to learn what that means to try to take care of someone else that is older than you and, and working through that. One of the things that God is teaching me is trust, and I think that's come up before, but <clears throat> we're blessed to be in a small group that um, uh, just... We love each other, we trust each other, and that's something that doesn't always happen in small groups, but we have the opportunity to just be in a group where I know if I say something or I need something, they're going to be there for me. And we're doing a study right now um, called Jesus Among Secular Gods by uh, Robbie Zacharias and Vince Vitale. And we're being challenged to expand our horizons and to talk to people who don't share our faith and who, um, you know, maybe have never heard about the gospel or maybe have, but have, have chosen to, to look another way. And um, so we're being challenged to seek out those people and have conversations. You know, what, what does um, it look like to follow God? What does it look like to be a Christian? And in my season of life right now, I don't have a lot of opportunities to do that. You know, I come to church. I, I'm retired now, so I do BSF. I do. I go for coffee with friends, all of whom are believers. So I need to find ways to expand my horizons, and um, um, you know, look out of my comfort zone to talk to people who maybe aren't believers, and um, and ask some of those difficult questions, and then grow in my faith and grow in, in, in what God wants me to do so that I can have answers for those. Uh, probably the biggest thing that God is asking me to do right now in my life is be a little bit more bold. Um, I love teenagers, which puts me in maybe a rare category. Um, I even loved my own teenagers, and my teenagers grew up, and I had to find a new supply, so I started teaching high school. Because I really like teenagers. Um, I like hanging around them. And um, I'm fortunate enough to teach at Minnehaha Academy, which is a Christian school. So um, I am free to share my faith. I'm free to pray. I'm free to do all sorts of things with these kiddos. Um, normally, I'm teaching them math. And I'm loving on them. But I'm not always telling them why and not always sharing why. And um, lately, it's just been teenagers. I don't know if you know any teenagers these days, but they are just really stressed out. I mean, the level of anxiety among teenagers is sky high. And as I'm watching that, I'm thinking, why is that? And I've got the answer for them. And I need to not just pray for them. I need to tell them the answer. And the answer is Jesus. The answer is stop trying to measure up, which is something that I always need to hear in my life. And I need to be more bold about telling them, stop trying to please your peers, your parents, yourself. You're already okay, right? That you are created in God's image. You are special. He loves you just as you are. And so I need to be more bold about sharing that because I've got the answer. I've got the answer to the, to the, uh, the, um, the, the dire need that they have. And so I need to be more bold about sharing that. Uh, let's see. Um, 
Well, interestingly enough, so I think there's a theme for all of us, and that is um, trust um, and, you know, listening to God's word and his guidance. And sometimes our world is um, so busy, crowded with a lot of different messages from uh, the secular world uh, that it takes time away from what you should really be doing. I don't know, that's personal for me. And that is trusting in God, um, living in his word. And I think, um, you know, for all of us, uh, as we go into this next chapter for our church, I think that's going to be the most critical thing. And um, I think that that will be the most important part that we focus on as a church and that we pray for together, uh, is trusting and listening and having God guide us. Um, the interesting thing is I, <clears throat> I kind of shied away from being a participant in the leadership here uh, earlier in the years because I was worried about having to deal with a pastoral change. <laughs> and now here we are. <laughs> but uh, I, I think somebody had said earlier that um, change actually... Um, provides opportunity. And uh, I think that is something that we can embrace. Um, you know, just a new way for us to look at what the church can be. I know I'm getting to the next question, sorry. <laughs> but no, if um, you want to just transition us yes. straight through, right. you go for it, yeah, and, and then my, we'll and, answer down the line. And my wife said, make sure you're brief. Um, <laughs> so <clears throat> that's the other most important thing is to listen to, your, to my wife. <laughs> Uh, which I have learned very early on. Um, no, in, in terms of my own personal chapter right now, I'm, I'm in that classic um, age uh, for career, as well as um, we have our kids back home, which is interesting and challenging. Uh, so they're all adults, and um, so that makes for a tight space and interesting conversation sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, um, so that's where it comes back for, for to me. I, I'm convicted on a regular basis just to be um, more present for them as a as a leader. So, um, oh, next, can I go to the next? Yeah, one? go for it. Okay, so <laughs> I, again, I think <clears throat> without uh, repeating myself over and over, but I think it's an opportunity for us to really uh, embrace what we have here. Um, I, I love that we still have a building. I know a lot of churches are moving away from that. I think this is a real asset for us. Um, I, so as we look to the future, I think we need to be able to embrace that. Um, I love that our drive is towards community, that we are creating a unique experience here, um, and that we are um, looking to a future that is bright. And I think we should feel that way, and I think we should feel hopeful. Um, and uh, I think that with the folks that we've got on the lead team and our and our staff, uh, we have a great, great future. So that's that's my view. Uh, echoing a little bit what he said, um, I love that we are not a mega church, and I think we're uniquely positioned to do something that's easier for us, and that's we have a um, a tight, um, caring community. We have deep friendships here. And we care about one another, and that also provides for the accountability that lets us grow in Christ. And I think that is uh, that we're positioned to do that intergenerationally, 
And I love all that. I think that for me, that's super important. And I think it is for a lot of people. So I think we are in a unique position to provide that. We have a building. Many, many churches today don't. I think we need to um, look at that as it, 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 some, day, some days it seems like a curse. How many? How, is it 17 furnaces? Is it 17, 18? Okay, we have, okay. There's, there's problems that come with that, but there are great opportunities. And I think we need to figure out how we use that for ministry better. I mean, how we, I think we do a good job, but um, as a future going forward, thanks. As a future going forward, how we better use that for God, how we better use that to reach people. And I think because we have that building, we're in a unique position for a lot of churches to, to be able to do something with that. Um, I think that um, the staff, I know Mark is leaving, I think the staff that we have remaining is phenomenal, and I think that we have leaders um, up and down the congregation at all levels, and I think that will help us also move into the future. I think John and Wendy t stole my notes and basically <laughs> said everything I said. Um, I said there are a lot of churches that don't have buildings, they, and they can't do a lot of things that we can do because we have a building, and we need to embrace that. Um, I just, I'm, I'm always um, excited about um, what I see here as far as how welcoming we are and how, how we love each other. Um, I have a, an opportunity um, on a, an occasional basis to um, play in a, a brass quintet at a different church. And I, I kind of joke about it, but it's, it's sad. Um, I've been there a number of times. And other than people who are related to people in the brass group, no one has ever spoken to me. The pastor has never said hello, never introduced himself. Um, it's just not a welcoming place. And, and when I'm here, I just know that I'm loved. And I know that... Um, when we reach out, we love the people that that um, we're reaching out to, and I think we need to continue with that. As the bookend to, to this panel and in all panels, I'll, I'll say ditto to a lot that has been said so far. And I think one of the I think there's kind of two themes that I see uh, myself that I kind of reiterate, and, and one is the intergenerational. And I'll use the word community, and not just international intergenerational community there. And I think playing off of Bobby's uh, community aspect here, and, and Wendy too. There's just a lot of stuff that we have uh, that we can really uh, work with each other and, and build a better community. And we have a great community right now. So it's trying to figure how can we make that vibrant across all generations. And I think the second thing would be the leadership. You know, there's a lot of things that, that take place to make this church happen that I didn't know um, as a, just a congregational member. And and then to come into the lead team, you realize all the different things, whether it be the furnaces and, and that's someone's excitement, or whether it be the library or the nursery. There's always there's a lot of nuts and bolts to make this place happen, and so find, finding the right people uh, to make that role happen. Thanks. Would you pray with me for our leaders? Gracious God, um, you are so generous with your um, gifts and your blessing on our leaders God, I just pray that you would um, continue to pour your spirit out through them um, into this church community, God, that you have uniquely called them and created them into these um, places of leadership uh, for this time and for this purpose of leading through this transition, God, and I thank you for that, and I thank you for your generosity. I pray all of these things in your holy name. Amen.